1: Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another uh, Fly Racing RacerX podcast. Thank you for listening. appreciate it. This is Steve Mathis, of course. FlyRacing.com. Please check him out. Uh, on the web, Formula Helmet out now. Absolutely killing it. Uh, the guys have released some data as well on the Formula site over at Flyracing.com that uh, will show you how their helmet racks up, uh, stacks up, I should say, against the uh, competitors' helmets. So if you're looking for the latest, greatest, high-end uh, helmet to help you protect in low-speed and, and high-speed crashes, the Fly Formula Helmet might be for you. I have one. I absolutely love it. Thanks to those guys as well. Uh, mountain bike stuff. I run it. I love their helmet Uh, Pookie's got some fly racing mountain bike stuff too everybody so women's uh, apparel is uh, readily available Uh, thank you fly racing Blake Baggett Justin Bogle just a few of the guys that run in fly racing Zacho Osborne as well Uh, thanks to Alpine Stars Alpine Stars uh, Protects you know their name you know their product the Tech 10 boot the most advanced boot in motocross today Uh, I love the Tech 7 so uh, if you're in the market for that kind of product you know the name of Alpine Stars so please check them out Max's Tires MXST developed by the king Jeremy McGrath Uh, Maxis.com for light truck tires, uh, mountain bike tires, uh, uh, trailer tires, things like that. Uh, The MXST tire is their answer to a high-end performing tire. And like I said, developed by McGrath and used by AJ Cantanzaro right now out there in Supercross. Thanks to the folks at Slick Wash Products also. Monster Energy Pro Circuit uses their three-step washing solution uh, process and uh, use the code STEVE when you check out at slickwashproducts.com, SlickWash.com, I should say. Uh, thanks to those guys for coming on board and uh, a great cleaner, whether it's mountain biking, whether it's dirt bikes, the Slick Wash guys um, really have it going on. So thanks to those guys. And uh, Charles Castlew is in uh, on the show today, and uh, he's a former pro rider. He works at 100%. A Very interesting guy. Very cool guy. Been in the industry for a long time, so I'm happy to uh, sit down and, and get uh, Chuck's story, uh, the ups, the downs, uh, and everything else. So, uh, again, thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Here's Charles Caslou. All right, and now, as promised, from uh, 100% Goggles, he is the National Sales and Marketing Manager now, former pro rider, industry bigwig, Charles Caslou. What's up, Chuck? How are you? i'm good steve thanks for having me thanks for coming in appreciate it yeah
0: no worries um how's everything going 100 percent. man uh good it's really good actually um company's growing like crazy so it's a it's a fun time to work at 100 percent, that's for sure
1: yeah you guys have launched a new goggle we'll talk about that a little bit as well um yeah uh cooper webb
0: um nice pickup
1: <laughs> yeah 100 percent. yeah uh
0: nice I, we kept him we didn't pick him up so he I'm, Cooper's well, been with pack, 100%. Pick up back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cooper's been with 100% since he turned pro uh, with the Star Yamaha team. And, um, yeah, I mean, he he had, I wouldn't even call it a really rough, but a couple years yeah. transitioning to 450s that didn't go to plan. Um, but, you know, luckily he wanted to stay with 100%. We, mm-hmm. you know, back our guys and want to stick with Cooper. Yep. Cause he obviously has a lot of potential, and it's finally uh, coming to – come to fruition how it should um obviously
1: you you've been a racer for a long time and grew up in texas right yep uh, your brother mohead is uh a mechanic for the rockstar husky team mm-hmm. he went to the off-road bit for a little bit and now he's back on moto side
0: yeah there was when dean um left the team or got hurt i think there was a time when he was kind of dabbling helping out yeah. this and that um but yeah he's always been you know right moto guy he just he filled in a little here and there to help the company uh how much how much do you get out riding nowadays um, to be quite frank, I haven't ridden since Christmas time or so. Really? Yeah, this is this is an extended period, longer than probably ever having a really really long time. But man, it's just been busy busy time. Yeah. In the work world and kids and things. But yeah, I typ- you know typically ride. My wife rides, so um, and we ride quite a bit. I. Came back and did Loretta this Lens. This isn't Ride
1: Like Kiefer talking, right? No. It's, yeah, dirt bike riding. No, yeah, dirt, dirt bikes, bike. dirt bikes, yeah.
0: yep. <laughs> um, I came back and did Loretta Lens a couple of few years ago. Yep. So that was kind of, you know, getting the competitive juices flowing again and, and doing that. Since then, I've kind of tapered off a right. little. And last couple of years, I haven't ridden as much, but
1: um, I still you, ride a lot. Yeah. Um, so like I said, you're national sales manager and marketing manager, 100%. A um, lot of hours, a lot, lot of traveling or no? Um, travel you got going on?
0: It, yeah, it depends on the sort of season and right. not relative to supercross and y- motocross yeah. to different sales events and things. And on the, I guess, marketing side of the business, um, you know, John Cuzo goes to all the, the supercrosses and motocrosses. So I'm not, I'm not going there to do anything other than, yeah. um, you know, relationships and, and dealers and mm-hmm. check in with teams and things like that. Um, so I, I, it comes in waves. Like, like I said, the beginning part of this year was, was pretty packed travel to be yep. honest with you.
1: Are you able to sort of pick and choose where you want to go
0: um, or is it stuff, mandatory stuff? No, yeah. It, it just depends on what it right. is, right? So our distributors have sales meetings and dealer shows and things like that that, you know, I definitely need to be at. Um, then there's, you know, go visit accounts or there's yeah go to this race because this guy is going to be there and I need to meet with him or things like that. Um, yeah, for the most part, it, it's, there's nobody standing above me saying, you need to go here, you need to go there. Yeah. It's kind of my judgment, I guess you'd right. say, on where it makes sense to go and. What's worth the the money spent on travel? Mm-hmm. Um,
1: look, you're a racer. You re- grew up racing your whole life. We'll get into that and everything else. Most guys, and that's what I did, you know, mm-hmm. and I became a mechanic and I'm around the races. Most guys like you want to be at the races. They're not a sales guy. There's a right. sales type of person right. that you're doing. And then there's a racer guy and you grew up racing yeah. and now you're removed from racing. Like you don't talk to Cooper Webb or Marvin Mooskamp yeah. or these guys as far as like, hey, what's going on? Like. Yeah. So, how is that end of things, like being away from the competitive racing world? Truthfully, I did a little bit of what you did with the uh, FMF brand manager job at mm-hmm. Parts Unlimited that one year, and I didn't like it. Like, I was still foot
0: in racing. Right. How, how's that it, for you? It's an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, transitioning from racing to the working world, there was, I mean, that was definitely what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to the races, yeah, okay. be a so gear guy. Or, yeah, you or started whatever. a pro
1: taper, right? When you first got <laughs> uh, out
0: of. Actually, answer msr we'll, pro okay. taper all the same yeah, we'll but, cover that but yeah um yeah. yeah initially you know gear guy was where my brain was going that's yeah. what i thought yeah. would be would yeah. be fun to do because you're involved enough um with the riders to actually feel like you're kind of yeah, doing kind something. of in
1: their team <clears> yeah right.
0: you're in the camp right um and to be honest there was actually a, a little bit of an error like a couple few months there dwindling down the racing career where i, I thought about being a mechanic okay um Don't do that. I'm kind of glad that didn't go the way it went. So, um, but yeah, I, I, it's a transition for sure. And I, you know, the older I get, the more responsibility I've taken on and different roles I've been in. And Mm -hmm. the more I've grown professionally in a a sense of, you know, where I want to go and what I want to do. And, you know, I've certainly outgrown that, that desire to, oh, let's go to every race or supercross or out I have a wife and two kids and, um,
1: so no desire now.
0: No. Yeah. No 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 no. Yeah. The 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 business side of the industry it absolutely more interests me than it, know, yeah. going to so be, the
1: race. Cuz now you're looking at products and right. product planning and marketing right. and numbers, sales. Yeah. Uh reps, you're dealing with uh, Tucker Rocky, you're dealing with Parts Unlimited, you're dealing with WPS, I don't know if you. Not do, WPS, okay, yeah. whatever. Anyway. Uh moving on. Yeah. Now, um so yeah, th- that as far as that is as far as move from what happened at Denver Supercross is one right. could get. So
0: that's interesting to me but it's connected in a way you know that's that's all you know the win on Sunday or Saturday in this case sell on Monday is still you know a part of all companies plans and marketing Is you know we invest in guys like Cooper Webb and Marvin Muscan and Dean Wilson and um, part of that is you know my job is drawing that connection to leverage those guys you know Mm. what I mean like we're not giving them product or paying them money in some cases or bonuses and things um, just for fun yeah I mean, the point so, of that is to sell more product yeah, and, and absolutely. justify um, what we're doing and can, elevate can, the
1: product. Can I just go off on a little mini rant? No, I did X-Brand goggle stuff for okay. a long time, right? And I've evolved rich Taylor and all that. Um, I can't believe that the goggle money for these riders are where it's at. Like, okay, so uh, we'll talk about the new goggle, the, the Omega c- coming out, the our uh, oh. Omega coming out from 100%. And, you look at the air brake, and, and everybody's got one of those high-end goggles. But traditionally speaking, a goggle is $35, 50, $45, $45. Something like yeah. $45. Anyway.
0: Yeah, they're, I mean, they range, obviously. Yeah, okay. Big but, but, but yeah, that's but, a safe median.
1: 40% markup, 45% markup at a dealer level, and then you do the math from there. The goggle money for guys is insane. Like, I get Tomac and Rocks, and and, but I was dealing with X-Brand more the, the guys mm-hmm. that weren't making the podium, despite me saying if you don't wear X bound you won't win every single week. Right. That that proved to be not totally true. Uh-huh. But dude, the salaries are gnarly for what you have to sell in goggles to make that back.
0: Right. Yeah. It's and high. There are um, some bigger business companies involved in the moto goggle yeah. space that yeah. um, don't. They're not held accountable for the motorsport specific sales. Justifying the motorsport specific yeah. marketing, yeah. You know what I mean, like yeah. it's it's this really big number of here's what we do as a company. Right. We're uh, going to sell this and right. market this. It's not there's no connection between the two. Whereas you know companies like us or yeah. you know X, X brand, brand and things or, yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. You know that, you look at a This small, is the primary revenue you, driver. You look at what you're getting for
1: for your money, like a small right. goggle strap. Although goggle straps are getting wider.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know you're not you're not it's not it's not like
0: fly all over their chest right. and their pants. Yeah, or somebody like. You know, Oakley, there's probably even some connection to the point of just TV branding on seeing, you know, the yeah. logo on TV and yeah. they have, you know, these algorithms and third party companies that yeah. measure that and yeah, yeah. put it into a yeah, dollar figure. Yeah, Joyce Julius, yeah, thing, you know, like, oh, that's worth yeah, this. Right. where somebody like 100% or um, other companies that are right. dedicated to the motorsport space, you know, that, that, what does that mean? That doesn't, yeah, that's a hard yeah. connection to make. Yep, yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: I had a guy at X Brand
0: hit me up that's, Never had a chance
1: of seeing a podium. Good rider. Mm-hmm. Never going to get a podium. He's like, yeah, I've got an offer right now for 40. What? And I'm like, huh? Like, you should take that. Okay. He's like, yeah, and he did, yeah. and whatever. But I'm just like, oh, my God. Is that where we're at with goggle uh, money?
0: That's, that's, that's high. <laughs> that's podium money. That's what I thought. Yeah. This was a few years ago. I'm yeah. not, I haven't been doing I it. Mean, but I guess, but yeah. anyways. To I, each his own. That guy must no, t- t- be doing a good job. When you look
1: at the strap. Right. Is, your, is your is your is your is your uh your visibility but anyways um so that's my that's my mini rant was goggle, yeah. goggle money um how it's been much driven
0: up by some companies
1: yeah. yeah how much do you uh have to how much say do you have if any about who wears 100 percent and how much you pay them
0: um yeah there's i'm involved You're certainly involved? Yeah. yeah um you know john Cuzo does the um, athlete management at the races race services um and when there's an opportunity you know he brings it to me and says, Hey, this guy's available. And I think he's a good fit because of this. And you know, then, you know, we kind of round table. It. And if we think it's a worthwhile investment, then, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I go to Ludo and Mark that own the company. And yep. um, we have that conversation on a higher level and figure out if we can make it work. So, yep. Um,
1: yeah. So yeah, so you're, you're involved in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're looking at a guy and being like uh good dude, fast. Uh, we can market Pits him. The brand, yeah. Markets and age, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know, works well with John. Cause that's a big part of it. Yeah. You know, yeah they're working together every Saturday and um, yeah, and there's all, all those elements, social media following, you know, all these different yeah, elements yeah. that kind of blend together. But ultimately if the guy isn't winning races or performing well, that's kind of a, a no starter, you know what I mean? Right yeah. there from the beginning. So, yeah. um, but then there's guys like Dean Wilson that, you know, Dean is a great writer, but the reason we jumped right on the Dean Wilson opportunity was because his following and his yeah. um, social media following and his fan base is super dedicated and that's a guy that you know we want to be aligned but, with so uh
1: so ludo and mark uh i say ludo's last name bernard bernard yep and mark blanchard are the owners of 100 Percent. they were the owners of one industries uh tag medals as well uh i did a podcast with mark on uh on maybe last year mm-hmm. uh you helped facilitate that uh really interesting guy i love his story about coming over from france yep jumping on john gregory from jt's doorstep yep. and starting from there uh a uh, really interesting guy, designer guy, everything else. Uh, but a really couple of guys that have, uh, let's face it, made a ton of money mm-hmm. in motocross with different companies and built companies up from from nothing, and they're yep. they're doing this again with hundred uh, percent. What's it like to work with Mark? I mean, he's he seems like the nicest guy ever, and then like, a, but a huge imagination, a huge designer. Yeah, right? man. Like, he-
0: there's times and you'll be talking to Mark and the wheels are just turning and he's you know he's thinking of something that I didn't even ever yeah. consider or I didn't even fathom that right. the where that's going right um, and Ludo is the same way in a, in a, a different respect though and and his is more you know how to commercialize whatever we're talking about or how we could sell it or how yeah. we could Mark you dream it up I'll yeah. figure out how and, to the, um, they and it's funny because yeah. they're they're like oil and water you know yeah. they're they're quite different they're both. Um, from France and, you know, been in the U S for a long time and super successful, but they're like oil and water, but it just works. Yeah. man. They, they stay in their lanes and they, um, they counterbalance each other in a really, um, unique way that, man, it's, it's almost like the, uh, perfect storm. Right. Yeah. yeah the advert, some of the ad campaigns that Mark has done over the years and designs
1: for JT. And then one,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, the J loss stuff, the <laughs> Dungy stuff, the story. Uh, he's, yeah. he's got some great stories, you know? Yep. Um, and,
0: and he has a great team of, of, you know, designers under him too, that are yeah. certainly involved too. But Mark is, Mark has had his hands on more stuff than anybody in the industry knows, you know, like even yeah. from the cover of racer X, yeah. the logo of racer X yeah. for the last 20 years, yeah. you know, that was him. Yeah.
1: I know. It's just, Kind of, kind of a neat guy to work with. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, is. yeah There's the so, so much knowledge day. there. Right. Yeah,
0: him and Luda are in the office every day. Yeah, it's, I wouldn't it's inspiring. be the, If I had their money, I wouldn't be in the office every day. <laughs> right? There's no yeah. chance. <clears throat> yeah, but they're man, right. it's it's
1: inspiring to be there. Right, right. Um, there comes a point I think in every company, and you know, again, this is you have a hand and say it. you have a lot of athletes. You got the Geico team. Mm-hmm. You got the star team: Dino, Webb, Marv, Seeley, Plessinger. Mm-hmm. Did I miss anybody?
0: That's the Okay. heavy hitters yeah, yeah it's the major and, guys. And that's just in the US yeah yeah yeah
1: exactly. yeah, exactly um, I think there comes a point where for every company you're like hey we're spending a lot of money on these athletes um, do we want to cover the cover the top 10 I mean I imagine you guys have top 10 most nights right mm-hmm. when it comes to all those guys being healthy anyways mm-hmm. uh, or do we want to put all our money Oakley as always for years had a different sort of sure Tomac RV Dunge you know those yeah. guys got the money uh, Carmichael and nobody else really wore oakley outside of say one of the top guys in the sport. Mm-hmm. Interesting strategy. I don't know which one's right or wrong. Just a yeah. different strategy.
0: And yeah, and I don't I don't know that you can really quantify to who's right or wrong, yeah. right? I think yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of to each their own and what the their strategy is, but you know, Luxottica, which owns Oakley, is this huge. We're talking yeah. massive company, yeah. right? And so the money that they have access to is much different than a company like you know, 100% mm-hmm. as we sit today. So, um, their strategy is to throw you know, big dollar signs at yep. three guys or whatever it is, where we're more realistic numbers at six or seven guys, mm-hmm. um, that want to be involved with the brand and that yeah. we can market that we feel fit the brand, um, for more aspects than just you know, yeah, the yeah.
1: I just, stuff. it's just different, you know, yeah. and certainly John
0: Knowles, a buddy of mine at Scott,
1: you know. Always like we give all we support race series and they don't do anything. Oakland, ah, you're just like, all right, buddy, I got it. Calm (laughs) down, you know, back it down. Um, Why again? I always make jokes about the two most competitive uh, company, two most competitive companies in our sport, tire guys, goggle guys. Yeah, it is for sure. It's really competitive, and everybody talks crap on each other, and everybody tries to beat each other, and it's very. very, And I mean, I was involved with X brands, so I certainly had some of that too. I don't know why the gear guys aren't quite like that. They are, but not quite yeah. like that. The handlebar guys aren't quite like that. No.
0: Gear goggles and tires. Yeah. Yeah. Super. And I guess <laughs> I guess because like we were joking earlier, like goggles goggles don't ever get the credit for winning a race right. by any means. They yep. get the credit for losing a race if something goes yeah. wrong. Yeah. So and I guess tires may be the same. You don't hear ever like, Oh, I made a really good choice on the tires, so that's why I got the whole shot. Yeah. It's either why did I get a bad start or why did this go bad yeah. well i made I a bad tire choice yeah you'll never hear the the, no. the other side of that yeah. i guess
1: yeah it's it's funny we're always joking about that we're just like goggle guys don't don't mess with goggle guys they'll yeah. just they'll light each other on fire <laughs> not so much at the sales level like you but i mean yeah. the guys in the trenches building them or whatever right. you know yeah. um so hey let's let's uh let's kind of time machine a little bit here on the fly racing race x podcast charles castle um where in texas did you grow up Houston area. Just, Houston? Uh, yeah, northwest of Houston. Okay. Uh, so grew up there riding, riding. Dad got you into the bikes? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah my dad, uh, he rode as a kid. Um, And then when I was younger, he didn't, he raced go-karts and they, him and my older brother did some other stuff. And then, you know, at some point he got back into dirt bikes and was doing oh, So like,
1: there's, a, there's another cast brother?
0: Yeah. No one knows about uh, him. Yeah. Is he like <laughs> committed somewhere on an island or something? So there's, <laughs> nah. there's Mohead's the youngest. Yep. You're in the middle? Yep. And then my older brother Kenneth, uh, still lives in Houston area. Oh, he, he, nothing to do with moto? Nothing to do with moto. Never really cared to ride really? around it. Okay. He's he's six foot nine. What? Uh, yeah. Size like eighteen shoe. He's a massive man. He's Is yeah. he adopted? No, same guy. Yeah. We're it's farther now. We're all the same. Anyway, yeah, he never uh, it, yeah There's a
1: six foot nine Castle brother? Yeah, I'm just I'm just around. finding out right now.
0: If you pay attention to like Houston Supercross or Dallas Supercross, you'll You'll catch him. Does he he's play there. basketball? No, no,
1: yeah, <laughs> he doesn't. Do,
0: no, of course yeah. he didn't. Of course he didn't ride a bike. He couldn't on no, one. No, never really rode bikes. He anyway. Yeah, he's he's still in the Houston area. So that's my dad. Okay. When I was younger, got back into dirt bikes and was doing. Your like,
1: dad rode when he was a kid. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah.
0: And then he when I was younger, like enduros yeah. and like hair scrambles okay. and things, and um, so that's what I obviously started doing when I was a kid. I'm still, uh, trying, I'm
1: still trying to process this. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna. You keep talking. I'm going to ask Parabinos if he
0: knew the, about your brother. Okay. Um, yeah. So I I grew up first doing you know enduros and hair scrambles and cross countries and such with my dad, and then I went to Houston Supercross like '93, '94, something like that, and um, I was hooked. I mean, that's what I wanted to do. Damon Bradshaw was the coolest dude i would ever yeah. seen in my life. So yeah. um, from there, it was I was hooked on on Supercross and Motocross. Yep. And That's what I wanted to do. So. Um, Bradshaw was bad dude at Houston yeah. too. Yeah, N- number four, Axo Gear. Right, right. That was that it. was number four on my pink and white PW80. Oh, were you? Oh yeah. Um. Oh,
1: yeah. So okay, so then you're like, hey, I want to start motoring. I want to yeah, get
0: into moto. Yeah, and and I my dad, you know, he was racing at a super you know, you know, local level, vet, yeah. intermediate yeah. whatever enduro. So it wasn't right. like he was giving up a career to yeah, 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 take yeah. us to the moto track. Right. Um, and Mohead got into it too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He started riding really like really young, four or five, yeah. where I was more like nine or ten or something. Okay. Um, but yeah, eventually, you know, worked up to start doing amateur nationals and yep. I didn't really ever hit my stride until I was on big bikes uh, when I could drive because my dad owned a, owned his own business at the time, but, you know, he would work late and yeah. lots of hours as a business what owner. What was he so, doing? Um, he owned a bumper recycling company. Okay. So they did car bumpers and it was really successful yep. business back in the, you know, 90s and early 2000s. But, uh-huh. So, I could never practice really, and I was like, f- I was full dedicated. Like I was red so magazines, in- watched up, so into it. Yeah, oh, loved yeah. every minute of it. Right, I couldn't right. wait. So, once I turned 16 and I could drive, like I really took a big step in my okay. development. Mom I was could... fine with all this. Yeah, she wasn't stoked on it necessarily, right, okay. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, she was fine right, with right, it. Right. Um, I mean, it kept me out of trouble. Like yeah. I was, as soon as I could drive, I was at school straight home drive my bike straight to the track for right. night practice and whatever yeah, So yeah. it was uh um, was three palms around then three palms yep he yeah. the guy that owns three palms owned a track before that okay um so that's where i rode a lot and then three palms three palms sure. a cool place yeah it's weird though when i growing up there in the living it it was like ah, oh, this is boring or it's been okay. the same forever yeah, but yeah. now going out and going back to i'm like oh, that's a pretty fucking cool place right wow. right, right. <laughs> um so, so yeah. Okay, so then you started getting serious. Yeah, I started getting serious and getting better, and you know, got some support, and would do amateur nationals, and I'd finished some top tens. And Parabino said he did know uh, that you have a yeah. six foot nine older brother. <laughs> okay. All right. Um. So yeah, I I got to the point where I was you know getting some you know some yeah. top fives and some motos yeah. and things like that. And
1: were you how were you was the family mom dad and Mohead and everybody and six foot nine brother <laughs> all going to Loretta's and Ponca?
0: No, no. Six foot nine brother didn't go a lot. Okay. Um, I guess later he would like yep. he'd show up for a couple of days yep. or something. But, but
1: would the family go to Loretta's? Is yeah. all yeah? Because you were fast, <laughs> yeah, you were a good you know, rider.
0: You know, I was actually talking to someone about this the other day, and I, yes, we traveled as a family a lot when we were younger, yep. and then once I was like pretty good, and I, I had a Honda Houston deal my last couple of years as an amateur, and they had a semi, and yeah. you know, they would take the bike and I would fly it what to some year races. Two thousand four, okay, two thousand five. Um, so it was weird though. I would just. I would find ways to the right races. I don't know, man. Like, yeah. I, so like, EBR Performance did my engines and suspension forever. Uh-huh. Um, you know, he needed his box fan to go to these amateur nationals to support his riders. Yeah. So I'd be like, hey, I'll drive the box fan if oh, you pay okay. for fuel. Yeah, and yeah. So then I would drive it and I'd get myself there for free. And, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just yeah, made it happen. Just but just and it out. then my mom or dad would drive out later. Did you go to World Mini? <laughs> yeah. I did World Mini a couple times. One year I flew, did um, did, did one year I road tripped with a friend of mine, like, uh, Gainesville, the Minneos. Yeah. yeah. You did all yeah. that. Okay, uh, so. yeah. A couple times I did mini actually won a championship there in the novice class actually, 2001. Okay. So you were hitting these things. Yeah. You were, you were traveling. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and it's weird, you know, I, I, I'm remembering all these instances where I went by myself or my parents came later, but there was absolutely multiple years where it was like my mom yeah. was taking my little brother and I, and my yeah. dad would drive up a few days in because yeah, he yeah. needed to work type things. Right. That's the... The memories that you you know remember your yeah. whole life it's like traveling in the family motorhome and well, you know
1: who were you, you were riding hondas in from honda houston
0: uh that was oh four oh five, which was my last year as an as an amateur i uh, read for fns suzuki oh you did before F&S. that which yeah that was a that was a really cool deal it was like that was my first real like bike deal where yeah. i had a good deal on bikes and, and parts was that allowance. through
1: suzuki ever or just through fns through,
0: that was just through fns okay um but it was a really good deal. Looking back, I'm like, dude. the owner of FNS was Jeff, a guy named Jeff.
1: Jeff. Jeff Stolzenberg. I think and dude, him. I was in the late '90s. That's where we got our bikes through when I was yep. working through Pi Birdwell. And there were so many bikes given out to people
0: to yeah. privateers. I'm just like, this dude's awesome. I think they went out of business, and I can probably I can connect those probably dots. Probably get now. it
1: to yeah, figure that out.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was. Um, yeah, like they would ship the bikes to me, and they would have Dude. all these team sponsors parts on them already. Did you use the fuel too? Yeah, well, it was uh was it Renegade what it was
1: or something? I don't know. I forgot what it was called. Yeah,
0: and they, they used weird oil, like Royal Purple oil or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it yeah. was they had like team gear. Remember, it's like No Fear gear that had like uh, not when I was there, but Yeah, it. man, it was. Yeah, there was some cool stuff. And then Honda Houston was a a deal. Th- American Honda. They were the official yeah. amateur team for American Honda. So right. that I contract was with Honda at that point. Um, but I kind of, the F&S Suzuki deal fell apart super late in the year and um, the Honda Houston deal. At that point, all I could get was two strokes. So 2004, amateur A-class, I rode CR125s against. Oh, boy. Everybody who was on that four go? strokes. <laughs> uh, not good. Not well. It was, uh, um, looking back, it was probably really good for me. Yeah. Um, Is Naveen there then? Naveen was there motors? then. motors? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he was really focused on four strokes at that point. Yeah. Nobody gave a shit about right. me on the was 2 Was that starboard. JG? Yeah, JG was JG there. was the yeah. guy? Yeah. yeah, and I think – and Tommy Hahn okay. was the guy too. And um, Will was like on 80s at that point, I think, or maybe just getting on big bikes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was on – So you're, are you in the class of JG and – Tommy, yeah. Tommy Hahn, that's, that's, your, that's your class? Yeah. yeah. Um, there, Tommy's my age. JG – is a little younger, uh, a couple of years, maybe or a year or yeah. two, but dude, he, he was always better than me, so he was, we were in the same class. He was an but,
1: amazing amateur rider, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, to- and Tommy was too, man. Tommy was yeah.
0: really good. Um,
1: and you're on a CR125. Hey,
0: guys, what's up? Yeah, dude, I remember Loretta Lynn's 04. I couldn't get to fourth gear on the start straight because it was so deep. I would grab fourth and just, <laughs> back to third. <laughs> <laughs> like there was two two-strokes on the starting line in the pro sport class. It was me on a Honda and – michael willard on a ktm okay. 125 but yeah. his ktm 125 was eight horsepower faster than my right, CR 125. Right, right, right. they were awful back then but it,
1: but so but but honda had
0: yeah that's de- what i had
1: but honda said hey we're gonna support castle like but, yeah like it,
0: that's, yeah. you can get these these cr 125s and these parts allowance to go with it and yeah. these bonuses right which i was never gonna get yeah. but um was your dad um he sounds like
1: a little bit of a uh an opposite of a tony alessi he yeah, was just totally like hey son good job fun? just
0: totally like, yeah he
1: you want to go to the woods let me know <laughs> yeah
0: and that's and that's i guess now that i have a son and you know if he shows interest in riding or right. not is to be determined but um i will definitely go that route more with my son like yeah. my dad was like this is great and this is fun yep. good job like I, Wh- whatever you want to do i can recall one time i think in my whole career where he ever like expressed you know he was upset about something, yeah. like I got like a I fell or something, and somewhere in the yeah. race, and he's like, "Ah, oh, you shouldn't have done that." Every other time was just like, "Oh, well, that was cool, that yeah. was fun, good job." Did you have fun, you? kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. was it, yeah. And That's that's yeah. our upbringing. Was Mohead any good? Yeah, and there was there was a time when that there was at different age groups. He's five years younger than I am, so we never really raced with each other. Yeah, but there was times when he was better in his age group than I was and in you, mine. Yeah yeah, 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 and then yeah. there was times when I was better and he was better. Right, he did KTM. Uh, junior Supercross Challenge at Houston one time. Got second, I think. Oh, yeah? So, yeah, he was he was a good yeah. driver. He quit. So, not to jump down the road about him, but he quit. Like, right, as, right after he got on big bikes, he blew his shoulder out really bad. Um, he would probably tell you a different story about it. He says, I made him sit at the track for a while while I even though his shoulder <laughs> was blown out. And uh, it made him load his bike or some drastic story. Mm-hmm. But um, he... So he gets hurt and then he has surgery and it's, it's legit bad yeah. deal. He comes back, you know, the whole three months or whatever it is, he's talking about, you know, can't wait to ride and yeah. this is all great. Yeah. And that's when I got my Honda Houston deal. Um, And long story, but he rode Honda 125. Yeah. So I took his old bike as my practice bike, yep. whatever. So when he came back to ride, we'd load up and go and I go out on his old bike and he goes out on my old Suzuki 125 and Actually, I hadn't rode out yet. I was still getting changed. He goes out, rides one lap, comes back to the truck, and is like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. What? Like, what? <laughs> like, you've been hurt for six months or four yeah. months, mu- whatever yeah. it is, and you've been talking about, you know, you can't wait to ride, and yeah. you got this bike ready. and all a this lap? stuff. He did a lap, came back, was like, nope, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm like, that's odd. Okay, well, we just got here. I'm going to ride, so yeah. you can hang out here if you want. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, he was, he must have been 14 or f- so-ish about that time. and. Yeah. Um, You know, he dabbled in stuff, trying to figure out what he wanted to do, like play football in high school yeah. or whatever. And pretty quickly, though, he be- became a mechanic for me a little bit and then other local guys in Houston, Kyle yep. Phoenix and Clayton Miller and some of those guys, um, good friends of mine. And so by the time he was 16, he was already fully dedicated to this mechanic yeah, gig. Yeah, being a mechanic. Like, so I remember having to – he at the time, you could be 16 and get a hard card as a mechanic. Okay. But to get a wristband at the race, you had to be 18 because you had to sign the paperwork. And you either had to have your parents there to sign it for you, the release or whatever. So when he was my mechanic back then, I would take off my hard card, go up and sign up as a mechanic, sign the release form, show my ID showing I was 20 or whatever I was. He's 15. um, Get the wristband, cut it off. Taping onto him so that he could be my mechanic because oh. I wasn't old enough to get mechanic. <laughs> Jeez, oh wow. So yeah, he's been dedicated to his craft for right. for quite some time. So
1: um, okay, so yeah, you're riding Honda Houston. You're riding 125. It sucks balls. Uh, <laughs>
0: when do you decide when do you turn pro? Um, the end of 2005. So my last year in the A class got derailed by injuries a little bit. I actually mm-hmm. got four strokes by that time. And like I said, I think I was a better rider because I I really had to like work a ride and work yeah, for yeah. it the year before. Yep. And then when I got on a four-stroke, I was like, oh, shit. This right, is, right. It was awesome.
1: What, were you friends with J.G. And, and Han?
0: Tommy more than J.G. J.G. was a California guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd, we'd only seen him at Loretta amateur nationals, yeah. and I wasn't yeah. really friends with him. But right. uh, Tommy, and, yep. yeah, they were. They grew up in Kansas and moved down to yeah, Texas they moved down to Texas, right. Um, so I turned pro at the end of 05. I got hurt um, doing like a Ponca qualifier or something. Were
1: you close to Tommy in speed? No.
0: No. 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 He no. was winning. Eight yeah. Yeah. I was a... You know, sixth, seventh, tenth, yep. whatever guy. Yep. Um, some races, I was the worst on the 125, but four strokes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm
1: talking about when you had an equal, yeah.
0: equal machinery. Um. So, anyway, I got hurt like May or something of that last year. So, I'd missed, I was hurt for L- Loretta's regional. I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So, I was hurt all summer and I came back and went to Ponca, but I'd rode like two or three times before that and it wasn't a good idea. And, but I was still had my de- heart set on turning pro at Millville yep. yep. Um, and then I came home from Ponca so the week everyone's at Loretta's I crashed and separated my shoulder um, which derailed it even worse but uh, to make matters worse than that we thought it was dislocated and I was riding with Shorty, Andrew Short actually yep. and Jackie was there, Jackie yep. Hudson is what right. I call yeah. her but Jackie Short Right. Um, and we thought my shoulder was dislocated so Jackie's like holding me or pulling on my shoulder while my friend holds me and it was it was not dislocated so that was bad <laughs> back but, uh, <laughs> nurse Jackie was trying to help me and right. uh Shorty was grossed out by it he couldn't be around right it. so right. um anyway that's what's going on while my yeah. friends in competition are at Loretta's yep so I didn't get to ride Millville because I just uh s- separated my shoulder right. um I came to Binghamton and which was there was like a week off I think or something okay. and this is 05 s- yep 05 so I rode this is amateur still, day still Steve Mathis and Tim Ferry by the way um, uh, yeah. factory Yamaha. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I did amateur day there, and it, it wasn't good yet. But I'm mm-hmm. starting to ride, and then I did Steel City, the last one, and yep. I didn't qualify, but I was close. Like I yep. was at the time. You raced to qualify. Yep. Kids yep. these days won't right. know about that. Understand that? that yeah. Um, well, you still got the LCQ racing, but yeah. Yeah. So I qualified. You know, I was mid 30s or something, if I recall right. And to me, that was like, holy shit, I can do this. Yep. Like yep. I'm. Wait, you said you didn't qualify? No, I. So I was thirty whatever in oh. qualifying. Oh, um, nowadays that would put you in the motors yes, Back got, then got it was it. like, yep. oh wow, I'm le- I'm a top forty guy. The right. take forty to the show. Right, like, right, I can do this. I can so do this. I was, um, yeah, like wow, this is cool. I crashed in the L.C.Q. and didn't make it. But, um, and then interesting story. We drove all night from there. Sunday after I didn't qualify, drove all night to Little Rock, Arkansas, to some money race that was Monday on Monday yeah. Labor Day. Right?
1: Yeah, Labor Day. That's right. Yeah, yeah, so
0: Labor Day Monday in Little Rock. I literally, we drove all night straight through, right? Taco Bell for dinner. My dad um, pulled into some track in Little yeah. Rock at 7.30 a.m. and did some sort of money race to try and make yeah, yeah. a little bit of money. And um, So that was the pro debut, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, and then '06, the plan was to do East Coast Supercross, but I crashed at a local arena cross in Little Rock, Arkansas, oh. actually. Totally disconnected, <laughs> and nothing. Damn uh, it. And broke my arm and had to get a couple plates and screws, 12 screws in there. So I missed East Coast Supercross and came back for outdoors. Um, Helped put together a team in Texas. It was actually pretty cool looking back. Me Uh and a couple buddies um, had a nice rig and had a car that went inside the rig that was wrapped to match the the truck. And all of our bikes matched. Who was this? uh, Kyle Phoenix and Ryan Grantham. Ryan Grantham was like scoring points and doing pretty well. Yeah. I do not remember that guy. Um, My bad. Yeah, he was good. Um and Kyle and I were like bubble main event guys. Yeah, yep. Um anyway, so we put that together with the help of a bunch of like local guys that raced and local businesses and looking back now that I've uh, you know, know how much stuff cost. Yeah. Like yeah. we had we opened a we had a business account for the um expenses and yeah. we never had more than I don't know, $500 in the account yeah. ever. Yeah. But at the end of the year, we ended up only the deal was we we're going to to Supercross and Outdoors. We'll split any expenses once the you know company account's yeah. empty. Yep. Um, we'll just split gas three ways. <clears throat> um, and we never had money, but at the end of the year we only paid for like two tanks of gas.
1: Oh really? So like yeah, we made yeah, it. Somehow, I don't know. Yeah. Like it's money yeah.
0: would trickle in here and there. Right, and right, right. We were pretty entrepreneurial if I you know look back at it now because we made like web banners for the top of this HoustonMotocross.com website that had yep. like support your local team yeah, and had to yeah. donate here. Yeah, yeah. People liked it and did it, and it was, it was cool, man. It, it, um, That's kind of neat, yeah. Yeah, it was a little bit of kind of getting into the, almost the business side right, of right. the industry before yep. I was ever Wh- really getting into it. Where would you practice side. for Supercross? Three Palms had a Supercross track. Oh, uh, yeah. Kyle Phoenix had a Supercross track, the guy I mentioned. Um, this other guy, Ty Connor, had a track. So, And also, Freestone, um, we had the Outdoor yep. National later. Yep. Um, that was Clayton's just practice track at the time and Clayton had a supercross track oh, there okay. so there was so stuff places around. To go. Yeah. Yeah and and then so I got hurt for 06. I did all the outdoors that summer. I qualified for uh 4 or 5 yep. uh, of the nationals that summer yep. which was <clears throat> to me great. Like I Yeah. Yeah. I still part of the I guess if you want to say limiting factor to my success I think was you know that I I I put so much into it. I I when I would make motos I would have, like, chills on the parade lap. Like, oh, really? To me, it yeah, was like, yeah. dude, I can't believe I'm here. Oh, my God, I'm, I'm yeah, doing this. Yeah, You
1: can't be like that. Yeah, yeah
0: and I, I, You can't I, be a fan. I couldn't. So, Monday through, you know, Friday afternoon, I'm like, I want to get points. You know, I want to <laughs> get a ride, all right, this stuff. Right, right. But then when it came down to it, like, when I would qualify, I was like, dude, yeah. this is awesome. This is awesome. This is,
1: I've made it. I can't believe I'm here. Yeah, Holy yeah. shit. So, uh, hey, look, it's Chad Reed, or hey, yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's, it's... And at yeah. that time,
0: for real, they did... um there was mixed practice. There was like what Saturday was afternoon I think there was like 250 and 450 sometimes we'd ride together what were they? there was yeah, instances I think, yeah. where like I'd be on the track with guys and I'm like oh my god there's right. so and so yeah. and as much as you try to snap out of it it's like it's kind of like ingrained in yeah. you like this is man this is so cool is I can't amazing. believe I was the kind of guy that like filled out my heart like, pro license form like two years before and I'm like when I got it in the mail I was so stoked to get it like yeah you're too much of a fan yeah I was too much of a fan I, I
1: told this story I've told this story before but I have a buddy in Canada a good buddy of mine that I, I worked for in the off season selling furniture he was Canadian national number four one year uh, he's like Ricky yeah yeah <laughs> he he was a great rider and he could never really put his program together to do all the Canadian nationals all the time but when he did he was an amazing rider but he also had this business doing so anyways so one year he's like I want to do the 500 nationals in the US this is the early 90s And he's like, I just want to do it. And he drove to everyone from Canada Mm -hmm. down. and Dude, he was like 12th in the points forever. Uh, He was killing. And 500s weren't deep, but whatever. But he would tell me, like, I was battling with, like, Ray Somo and Chicken. (laughs) And I'd just be blown away that Ray Somo and Chicken are right there. (laughs) And I'm Rich Taylor. Rich, our team. uh, He's like, I couldn't believe mike healy was doing it then yeah he's like i read these jerseys i'm just like oh my god yeah he's I, like I, I it was the worst thing i could ever do
0: <laughs> in the moment you know you're telling yourself other things and yeah. you want to do good and you want this and that yeah. but it's deep down inside of you what you how you really feel about yeah, it like for yeah. me yeah
1: and i bet you a guy like josh grant gets out there and he's just like screw these guys yeah you yeah, know like
0: i hate i don't know who you are and i don't care and there's even an etiquette you can see it at the top level like a guy like yeah. Eli, when he's passing a guy that's a tenth place Chisholm. guy, there's a little bit different etiquette oh, yeah. there in how they're treated. So yeah. that even boils down all the way to someone at a lower level of yeah. how Kyle Chisholm, for example, yeah. passes, you know, whatever a guy that's right. the guy that's qualifying thirtieth, yeah. you yeah. know, like Casey brandon or yeah, somebody you pass or whatever. guys right, right, relative right. to how you feel you stack up against yep, them. So yep, yep. there's guys in your life would blow off the track or feel like I was better than, but when I would get around, uh, you know, guy on Yamaha Troy or whatever, yeah, yeah. it was like,
1: oh. uh, yeah. um, <laughs> <clears throat> so were you, were you better at motocross or
0: supercross? I was better at motocross for yeah. sure. Yeah, I did. <clears throat> I did supercross. Oh seven and kind of Oh uh-huh. eight. I sucked in Oh eight, but Oh seven I did. That was my first year. So, cause I was hurt in Oh six. Remember? Yeah. Um, I did all West coast. I made all the night shows. Um, I missed the main by one twice. Uh-oh. That was when they did the gas card. Oh, you got the gas card. So, Well, it was the 250 Class. It was the Asterix Mobile yeah, Medic card. Yeah, But was a sponsor. But right. yeah, that, so yep. it was cool. Like, my very first AMA Supercross was Anaheim 1, and I got fifth in the LCQ, and I yeah. go over to the podium. I get the big check, and I'm doing the interview, and <laughs> to me, this is still... Amazing. Back to this the amazing. Is, I'm like, amazing. this is fucking awesome. <laughs> like, I, you're not pissed. I, I'm a guy. Like he, I, I'm doing this. Like I couldn't wrap my head around it, man. It, and you're like, I got a big check. Yeah, and I, I really wanted to keep it. I asked if I could. They're like, yeah. no. Like Happy Gilmore. I'm right, like, right, can I right. have that one? You're like a semi-pro. You can, you can keep the, you can keep the, little right, check for right, 500, right. Or 250, I think it was. Yeah. Like, can I have the big one? And you're
1: you're, like, you're yeah. like semi-pro. You got to go to the big check department, <laughs> man. You got to cash that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a, seriously how I was. Right. Um. So then. Uh, you know, I progressed in things. Uh, Anaheim 2 was different. I ran past my way up to like second in the LCQ early on and uh, like battling like Chris Blos, which is yeah. blowing my mind. Right, like right. podium contender today. Zombie Chris Blos. <laughs> um, so in Anaheim 2, I passed my way up and then got lost a spot to Chris Blos actually for third. Yeah. And then um, another guy, Logan Darien, passed me in the last lap. Um, for fourth, and I got fifth again. and oh. That was a completely different feeling Feel on the podium. It, yeah. I was pissed. Yeah, because yeah. I right. was like, man, I had this. Like this was my. So you never made a main event? No, not in <sighs> Supercross. I made a bunch of motos in outdoors. Fifth. Got fifth twice. Twice. I got tenth in the heat. I'm sure a few times too. Um, looking back, it all worked out because. I was able to go back to Loretta Lynn's in the plus thirty sportsman class. Oh, because I never got a point. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> my mediocrity early in my career allowed me Helps to go get on the podium at Loretta. So, right, right. Um, but yeah, I I did that. Oh seven, um, did some more outdoors in oh seven, but I didn't do them all. I kind of was hit or mm-hmm. miss a yep. little bit. And oh eight, I switched to Cowies, and had like a team green deal through uh, Chaparral. Actually, at that time I was staying out here more. Mm-hmm. Um, which was good. Like I got a parts allowance and a yeah. you know, good deal on bikes and stuff. And I just, my bikes were good. I just never was comfortable on the Cowie. And yeah. at the time in the moment, you don't really realize that. Yeah. Um, you're just chasing everything. Like I was reading books on trying to make my mental side okay, better. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like I, I was super regimented on training and eating and probably overboard, probably okay. too much. Yeah, I yeah. think I didn't have enough fun, I think. Um, but at the time I thought any, anything I was doing that wasn't trying to make my career better was I was giving up that um, edge to someone else type thing. So um, anyway, at the time I I didn't realize it and everything was fine with my bike, my bikes, but it was probably the most prepared I'd ever been physically coming off of, you know, Oh seven. I, you know, missed a main by one a couple of times. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm making mains. I'm going to be good this year. Logical step. I had like, I set it up to where I put bikes on, um, I had like a Cowie card. I had decent credit, so I had bikes I was rotating around. Like I had my program, yeah, pretty dialed. Yeah,
1: program was good. I had Nick like Way a, would be proud.
0: Yeah, yeah. I had supercross practice bike, an outdoor practice bike, a 450. I had all these things. Like I had my shit was dialed mm-hmm. for a Privateer, mm-hmm. and I showed up Anaheim one, didn't make the night show, and I'm like, huh, didn't make weird. the night show. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, and I'm like. It was muddy, and it was a little weird. I'm like, ah, oh, not that bad. And then I go to Phoenix, don't make the night show again. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So I started losing it mentally. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, and then I got – I crashed and missed the Anaheim. I started sporadically kind of hit and miss stuff, and then I stopped. Crazy how that works, right? Yeah, and I I, I, I guess it was the bike. I never was really comfortable. And then I trying to switch up my whole program. Um, Glen Helen I did on a 450 for national. I never rode a 450 in anything pro yeah. before. And I got worked. It was not good. So then I moved. I can't keep doing the same thing. I'm going to get the same results. Rode a 250 tank town. Made the motos. Rode. My bike blew up on moto. But I rode good. And okay, was like, yeah. all right, I'm yeah. back. Like yeah, I know what yeah, I'm doing yeah. here. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I, I had decent results here and there. I got some 25ths and stuff. But nothing nothing great. And by the middle of outdoors that year, I, I kind of, I could sense it. Like I, How old were you? Uh, How old are you at this point? I must have been like. Okay. So 23 yeah. maybe. Yeah. So when I first started racing pro, I'd set some pretty specific goals with myself. I did not yeah. tell other people about yeah. these, but like, look, if I'm at this point and I'm not doing this, it's time to give it yeah. up. Like yeah. I'm not going to be yeah, the guy yeah, that yeah. just right. floats around. Cause right. like I like made ends meet on how I would get to the races and all these things. But like, right. I didn't want to keep figuring that out for no, no. reason. No. And I... It's very immature of you, by the way. Yeah. Looking back, it, it right. was, but right. I... I could have made, you can make a decent living doing like local arena crosses and yeah. stuff in Texas. Like yeah. You can make a yeah. few grand a weekend. Right. But I always looked at that and was like, that's not what I, it's not why I do this. Like, yeah. I want to do yeah. Damon Bradshaw number four right. <laughs> at supercross. Right. right. So, you know, I, I'd made kind of a deal with myself. Like, look, like if I'm not getting points and making mains and supercross and doing these things after X amount of years, like, I need to, yeah. that's it. Like, yeah. I can't do it anymore. So, coming towards the end of '08, I, Kind of like, look, I haven't really been hurt like bad. Uh-huh. Like, I missed some racing yeah. stuff, but like, generally speaking, I was okay. Yeah. And yeah. I'm kind of I where I, I'm, I know where I fit. I yeah. kind of, whatever bike I'm on, whatever training program I'm on, I've tried it all. Like, I kind of end up in relatively the same yeah. spot. So, yeah. Um, I'm good with moving on. I, I, I knew racing wasn't going to be a career, meaning, yeah. I'm not going to retire from racing dirt yeah, bikes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, partially because maybe my, my outlook on yeah opening somebody, ceremonies i'm yeah, like super yeah oh, yeah man, no that's probably awesome. something
1: to do with it for sure um
0: but yeah i i knew that wasn't in the cards for me um so towards the end of 08 i um i i knew all along i needed to be making relationships and kind of uh-huh. trying to open that door because i yeah. i loved racing. Still love racing i wanted racing. to be yeah, in this yeah, this right. is all i want to do yeah. so <clears throat> by towards late summer of 08 I was wearing MSR at the time and Randy Valade was working there. And Yep. Um, Ex-pro ex Randy Valade. Yeah, East Coast. Canadian, Planet Honda. Canadian National Canadian Champ. Champion. Canadian uh, Champion. Planet Honda Rider. Coors Light Suzuki. Rider. Coors Light
1: Suzuki. <laughs> which really fit him well, <laughs> by
0: the way. Uh, Randy's awesome. Um, so he was MSR guy and I formed a good relationship with him and I would make it a point, I would do like race reports on after races and yep. pictures and write a little yeah, okay, something yeah, yeah. and email them to people. and yep. Every time... I would go to MSR to see Randy or I would go to ProTaper and yep. these places, Troy Lee I wore for a while, I would always make sure to go say hi to Dave Cassell at the yep. time, which was right. the boss at MSR Answer ProTaper. Yep. Um, knowing that like, hey, this I need to start kind of right, working on this. Right. This isn't going to last forever. Yeah. So by the end of '08, I knew Randy wasn't very happy with his rider support guy that did amateur stuff and I kind of sensed going that direction. My last outdoor, actually, my bike broke, uh, I don't know, uh, three turns in to oh, steel really? city or something <laughs> time qualifying i put me and my mechanic and i pushed the bike back we're trying all this electrical stuff um we tried to bump start my bike for i don't know an hour back and forth in steel city and my mechanic which was just a buddy of mine at the time it's like hey i don't feel good and he sits down i'm still working on my yeah. bikes i'm missing practice i look over homies on the ground having like seizures no way yeah and i'm like looking around like uh, what do I do here? My hands are full of oil and dirt, and there's nobody around because it's we're in the back privateer yeah. pits, and it's you know be practice or whatever. Yeah, so everybody's, everybody's gone. gone. I'm looking around, like, uh, what do I do? So I walk around, and I find some lady. By the time we get back over there, he's like came too, uh-huh. and is like sitting there, like, what happened? I'm like, you just, you just fell yeah. over and started shaking, dude. Right. I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know how long he was you were dehydrated or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he went over the Asterix medic now Alpine Stars yeah. mobile medic deal. And they gave him some IVs and said he was just dehydrated. But yeah, that's how my career ended. Was That's it? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, didn't even three, I didn't complete a lap. Three corners <laughs> in, bike blew up, mechanic had a seizure. Yep, that's it. That's my career. <coughs> um Wow. Yeah, so that put a nice cap on it. But anyway, I I went into uh I set up a meeting with Dave Casella after, which was the director of Answer yeah. M S R Pro Taper. Um and I think I, I I must have done it in a way that he saw something in yeah, me. Like
1: yeah. I. Well, they had a relationship with you, right? Yeah. I and know, I emailed yeah. him, said, "Hey, this yeah. is
0: I want to come talk to you. Can you have time?" And he set up a meeting. Yeah. I went there with a resume printed off, which yeah. just like, yeah, my kind of personal skills, I guess. Yeah, I didn't yeah. really Have a never worked really. This is
1: already a lot of step <laughs> ahead of
0: a lot of racers though. <laughs> so, you, under,
1: you understand this now? Yeah, I do now. Yeah, yeah, now uh, yeah, now you do right. Um,
0: at the time, I I was thinking, like, oh, this isn't enough. Like one of my yeah, I got to be better. You're like I never went to college. I never. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I don't have a you know experience right. and things. So. But I, I went in there and talked to him and told him what I wanted to do and where I'm at and all this stuff and you know, he's like, Look, I don't have anything for you now, but um I wanna work make something work out. So then this is when the mechanic thing kinda came up. Okay. There was a, a month or so after that where I was kinda trying to figure out what I want to do in life, right. like Weimar's currently doing yes. today. kind of to figure out <laughs> what he wants to do. Um Just with a bigger bank balance though. A much bigger bank balance. Um and so I was kind of in limbo. I thought about being a mechanic. I actually interviewed with Bobby Hewitt. Oh, yeah? And interviewed with um, the Cernix-Cowie team back then. They were doing oh, – it was the uh, – they went to Canada in Derek the summer. Sorenson. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I saw – I went to U.S. Open a Supercross because I was out in California at the time staying. Um, and I saw Dave Casella like at the round bar or whatever after – the race yeah. he was like hey if you're serious be at the office Monday morning at 9am or whatever oh, yeah. it was Okay. and so he's like I have something for you so I was there waiting at 9am yeah. and he's like alright so you're going to start off doing customer service answering the phone so you can learn kind of yeah. wh- how things work and we'll yep. see if this pans out like I think yep. it's going to and it was all kind of with the you know off the record story that they weren't happy with the guy doing amateur rider yep. support and I would kind of yeah. move into that right. so I did the customer service for maybe three months and then moved up to writer support yeah. and then um this is uh randy is still randy's, a randy's marketing manager at msr whose answer uh roger oh ro yeah roger yeah yeah okay and kevin strickwardo was pro taper oh yeah, yeah, yeah okay so i worked yeah with all of them and great role models to grow your <laughs> career with um yeah and then eventually kevin left um to go to scott yeah actually up in Idaho at the time. Um, and Casella called me in. This was maybe a year and a half in or okay. something, maybe two years in. Yeah. I don't know. Um, definitely green still. I'm not, yeah. definitely didn't, you know. Now,
1: know now you're like going to an office every
0: day. Oh, every day. Yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. It was an adjustment, but to me it was like, it was rewind back to the feeling I had going yeah. on trade laps, outdoors yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, This was like, I'm working in the industry. Like all the, as a kid, Figuring out where to send resumes to, and like yeah <clears throat> printing resumes, yeah. putting them in envelopes, mailing them to people. Like I'm on the receiving end yeah, of that yeah, now. Yeah. Like, and you're like, "There's Nick Way. This is cool." And Nick's in the office. And all Nick's the time. in the office all the time. <laughs> yeah, and I knew Nick a little. I stayed with him in '08 oh, during the you? summer a okay. little bit. Yeah. Um But yeah, it, it was totally right. You're right. Right. Um, and so Casella calls me in and it's like, "Hey, Kevin's leaving." There's the pro taper, At the time, the position was marketing manager. He's yep. like, "You're not ready for it, but I really." think I see something, and you you can grow into this, like I'd rather promote you and let you sink or swim and figure it out, yeah. rather than bring in somebody from the outside and yeah, um so that, I mean i I got thrown to the wolves because yeah. that job it's the position that Parabino still does right, today that's right. I mean you're a one man show, yeah, your product, your marketing, your sales, your yeah. customer service, your rider support your um for a a big brand, yeah, and it looking back i was I'm super thankful for it because i I really had to learn so many sides of the business. Now you're learning distributors, yeah. reps, and stuff sales. I had no idea about. Right, like, right. And Casella, I mean, he must have saw something in me, I guess, because I, no one in his right mind would have put me in that role. <laughs> like, the taper was super profitable, great business, running well, that I guess it was a, a little bit of a low risk because it was established yeah, and doing well. Yeah, yeah. But it's a, a big piece of the puzzle with that that whole um, yeah. group Tucker of Rocky. brands yeah, at that yeah. time, yeah. Um, but thankfully, I it worked out, and <laughs> uh, I, I didn't put it out of business. And here we are.
1: Yeah, really, right. <clears throat> so, uh, Charles Castley on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by Slick uh, Wash Products, uh, Maxis, as well as the Alpine Stars guys, also Race Tech uh zombie chris blows who used to race against uses racetech motors and suspension so please use the code pulp19 when you call down there mention pulp uh, at racetech.com and uh, get your suspension service get it some love do you ever use racetech when you raced okay fine uh racetech.com pulp19 is the code to save uh we thank uh, those guys for coming on board and thanks fly maxis alpine stars and slickwash.com um so yeah Casella, who's still around, by the way. Mm-hmm. He's at TLD. Yep. Um, uh, good guy, good dude, for sure. Uh, and Valade is still at... blade has gone from MSR to Answer. Yep. Now, Answer folded up, or MSR folded up, I mean. And Roger went to 7. Yep. So And Strickwater went to TRD,
0: right, Toyota? Yeah, he bounced around a little, a little bit. bit. I think what? he's actually back in moto. Oh, is he? I think he's like a outside sales rep or something. Oh. I, think. Oh, I haven't oh, talked to him oh, in I like a like Strickwater. couple of years, Good dude. Uh, but really yeah,
1: good. so it's, it's a, you're working with some people that are still in the industry or yeah. are... Prominent
0: in the industry, right. right? Which, which, like in yep. the case of Ro- Roger,
1: um, and then uh, did you go from pro taper to 100?
0: No, I went to uh, One Industries for a little bit there. Oh, you did in the middle. Okay, <clears throat> yeah. Which? Why'd you leave? Why'd you um, want to leave? Did you get? Did you get headhunted a little bit? Or I got headhunted. Yeah, yeah they were. They got purchased by you know a private equity group yeah. and the CEO that came in. <clears throat> they owned it was One Industries, Tag Metals, Sunline and 661. 661 so yeah. all those together um, and Dave Gallan actually was brought on as a full-time guy for a yeah, little bit yeah. there while he was managing the Rockstar right. Husky t- KTM team at the yeah. time. Um, and they identified Tag and Sunline as an opportunity that was just kind of getting yeah. overlooked and not bringing a lot of money to the table when it used to. Yeah. So they you know heavily came after me at Pro Taper and I turned down a couple offers and um, ultimately it came down to I had this this feeling the whole time that ProTaper was doing well. It was established. I learned a lot. I was super grateful. Um, but I felt like it was autopilots, not the word because it's anything but autopilot. Paul will tell you. Right. Um, but I felt like anybody sitting in the chair with half a brain could keep it afloat. Maybe not grow like I did or grow like Paul is doing with it. Right. Um, so I was like kind of betting on myself. Like I'm going to go, if I can go fix this. Yeah. Like it's, I'm doing it myself. Yeah. There's nobody yep. doing yep. it for me. How long were you a pro day before? Uh, five and a half years. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, wow. Yeah, so at this point, you have a hold of this. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I have a decent grasp of what's right. going on. And, yep. Um, So I I, I didn't, I certainly didn't know enough, because when I got to one in tag, I'm like, I sat down, maybe day two, I'm like, mm, you guys are fucked. This isn't going to work. Really? Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, excuse my language there, but yeah, it was... I and I've been asked a couple times by, you know, other industry people and stuff, would, would I do it again? And and I would, because, um, man, I learned. I was, like I was thrown to the wolves at Pro Taper yep. initially. Yep. It was like that times 10. Like oh, I yeah, was yeah. straight yeah. into, okay, we got X amount of money coming in. We owe X amount of debt. Payroll is X amount. How are we going to, yeah. what are we going to do? Yep. Who's getting paid? And, okay, we have this much money. We have this much stuff pre-sold or pre-booked. Um what vendor does it make sense to allocate this money to to pay that we can turn a profit quickly enough yeah, to pay to, back to that? Keep so, going, yeah. Jeez. Um that's the kind of meetings I was in like right wow. away. And yeah. I'm going Tucker Rocky was nothing like this. Yeah. It was like yeah. it was such a big business, it was there was so much money cash flow moving around that there was never a yeah. a crutch yeah. for money. Yeah. Um But the the CEO at the time, Jeff McGuane, he's really high up at specialized bikes now. Um one of the smartest guys I've ever met. And so that was a big part of me going. And, um, while it was frustrating and, and difficult, I, I learned a lot from him. Yeah. Um, and I learned a lot just about business and stuff that I was never exposed to, um, at Tucker because it was such on yeah. smooth sailing. Yeah, you know yep, what I mean, yep. so, um, I was only there for 18 months or so. Um, and at the time we were starting a family, um, so we we're my wife was pregnant with our her yeah. son and how'd you meet your chick? Uh at the track. Oh that's true. Yeah, she heard she grew up racing. Her father owns a track in New Mexico uh-huh. still. And my my father in law races every weekend still. Yeah. If he's not running the track a yeah. race at his he's, track, he's, racing, he's a racing a Lorena Cross in Amarillo, Texas. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's from New Mexico, so okay. kinda halfway in the middle of Texas and here. But um
1: was she going for like a factory rider and stumbling in the privateer pits or <laughs> how'd that go? <laughs>
0: she was I actually met her at um Oak Hill. Okay. For the amateur national. Oh, so one. way back. Yeah, I was there. Oh, well, okay. I was already working at this point. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was, yeah. um, I was working at MSR, Answer pro taper. Um, this she happened. was there racing, and right. anyway, but um, yeah. So that's the, the 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 tree branches of racing yeah, yeah. are yeah. widespread yeah. here. So right. Right. That's cool. Trying to keep trying to keep my son away from racing isn't the right way to put it, but I'm certainly <laughs> putting other soccer balls in yeah. front of him and things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really hope he, he rides because I think it provides really good life yeah. lessons and yeah. growing up. Like looking back to all the outdoors in 06 that I drove to with those, right. I was 20, 21. Yeah, yeah. This kid's dad let myself, another 20-year-old, and a 18-year-old drive around in a, <laughs> I don't know, $350,000 motorhome right, and trailer. Right, right, And he would just fly in and see us on the weekends. Yeah, yeah. Cool, guys. Yeah. See you next yeah. week in Unadilla. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're going to go from here? I, I'll see you there. I was –
1: twenty two when I started being a mechanic and driving a box van across America, yeah. a country I'd never been and I'm
0: just figuring out how to get to these stadiums yeah. downtown and, and yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. Like looking back, like this was right as smartphones are starting to kind right. of come about. But we had our lives revolved around the Walmart uh Yeah, Atlas. Atlas. Yeah. yeah. Finding the yeah. local Walmart I just, to stay in. I didn't even have a cell phone, I had a pager. Yeah, so <laughs> we would we would look at like all right, cool, there's a Walmart yeah. at mile marker. Three hundred across yep. Texas, so okay, we're gonna go to there tonight. Yep. and you call your parents every so often and tell them you're alive, and yeah. that was it. Yeah, like, yeah, no, it's crazy. It was acceptable. Right. I have no idea. I would, I can't fathom that thought with my kids. Yeah. But no, anyways. Anyway. Uh, so back to tag. Yeah, so is one. yeah, so eighteen months or so there, uh, really great learning experience. Um, really forced me to put my my big boy pants on. Yeah, um, and then like I said, we were starting a family and. I mean, it was. We joke about it now, but every day you pulled up to the office, there was a chance there was a master lock on the front yeah, door, and really it was right. like, yeah. "Hey, we gave it a good shot, right. guys. Head on home. See Wrap later. it up." It never happened while
1: uh, I was this, there, but the VC guys have—it was sketchy. VC guys have screwed up a few companies that are that are you know are great in the sport, and, yeah. and they come in, and I don't really know why they do this. I don't know why they
0: dump money in and I, then change everything about how the company was doing. Yep, yep. My theory no is, my theory is not to jump off too far down that yeah. tangent but my theory is they they they're very smart guys right or yeah. people yeah. not guys necessarily yeah um and they they go to these business schools and they have all this experience and they they sort of have the playbook for success in a traditional s- company setting yeah right so they come in and they see a moto stuff they get some sort of um sales numbers of statistics of how many motorcycles are sold in the united states and these numbers mm-hmm. and they go yeah. this is a huge opportunity." Not knowing that yeah. motorcycle off-road gear for motocross racing is like the smallest piece of the pie you yeah. get in motorcycles, yeah. Yeah. but so they come in and they they think they know how to run a successful business, not knowing the intricacies and yeah. the the yeah. relationships and the, the, the passion. I think I think, the, I think relationships and passion. Passion yeah. is what runs the sport. It doesn't make a lot of sense financially in most cases. Right. Um, so they come in and put their sort of put their playbook into play, and this is how it's going to work. Um, because this yeah. is proven on all these other companies to work. This right, is how right. we're going to turn this around. But man, it just doesn't translate. No, it's, no, it doesn't. It's different. So, um, so I, I could see that writing on the wall. Um, at the time they were kind of merging with a a company that was, um, did like big box. They had like licensings for Disney skateboards and yeah. things like that. Okay, that, yeah, yeah. That's where they were going. And I'm like, I told Jeff the CEO, I'm like, hey, man, I don't. I don't see a place for Tag and Sunline here. Like, yeah, you could argue six six one because they do knee pads and yeah. helmets and things. Yeah. or one Industries maybe some protection stuff, but yeah, Tag Sunline that doesn't really fit this. No, and he assured me it. He did his job as a CEO and the leader of. No, it's fine. And but I, I started fishing a little bit. Yeah. Um, quite a few people that used to work at One ended up at One Hundred Percent because it was a San Diego company. Mm-hmm. There's only a few San Diego-based moto companies, yeah. so. I knew some people there. Luckily. Could have hit up Maxima. I could have. Yep. Yeah. I could have. Um, dogger. That'd be awesome. Oh, Just listen he... to Dogger stories all day. Oh, God. Can you imagine all the Dogger stories? That'd be awesome. So, I eventually got a lunch with Ludo, and um, he basically offered me the job right there at lunch. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah. Oh. So, um, and <laughs> I didn't have a lot of leverage at the yeah. time, because yeah. Um, I was thinking I could get back from lunch and the place could be yeah. out of business. <laughs> yeah. uh, um so i was like, oh, well, let me think about it. But he offered me less money than I was making, and at the time I was like, look, I this is another sort of bet on myself thing. Yeah. Um, I can't ride this out. I need to go figure something out for myself. Right. And so I went to 100%, and at first it was national sales manager for the Moto stuff, and then I've been there four years now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Five years. Coming to five years. Anyway, um, and I've you know I'm now yeah. do. Um, marketing and marketing and sales yeah. for the motorsports channel and um, man it's it's the best move i ever made cause Yeah, Mark and Ludo over there like we talked right. about every day and man it's um, it's a great time to work there because it's it's a, it's a vibrant brand growing yeah, like things crazy things are happening right. it's a little bit like you mentioned earlier we introduced the new, we're introducing the new goggle um, so sales are growing at such a rapid rate and we're doing all this different stuff that um, we kind of try everything if it sounds yeah. if that sounds bad a yeah. little bit but um when sales are performing so well there's not a lot of cutbacks and things yeah, you know what yeah, I mean yeah. it's, you get to, to yeah. try things and learn and find your way and figure out what works and what doesn't um, which is a fortunate position that yeah. we're, we're in yeah that's 100% percent
1: has been aggressive for sure in acquiring yeah. riders and acquiring teams introducing new products yep. uh, branching out it's been very
0: aggressive uh, since they found it you know and that, that's fun to be a part of especially yep. coming from the polar opposite so of one when did
1: they start 100% 2012 and so, when, did, when did you go there uh 2015. Okay, so they yeah, still new. Yeah, 2015. Yeah. Right. Um so the Armega is your answer really to, you know, the the air brake, the right. the uh, prospect. Uh, it's something that I think every goggle company is working on and yep. they want um but you guys have done it at a I guess a, I guess the big thing for sort of what I've got what I've gathered from you is there's obviously some features in it and innovations in it, but the price point was important. That mm-hmm. was important, right?
0: Certainly. Yeah, yeah, I think the 100% consumer is um Value is part of the equation. The the brand look and the colors and designs that Mark does are incredible mm-hmm. and that speaks to people, but um getting something at a good value is very important. So yeah. the Omega goggle was been in the works for year literally years. Yeah. We've known we need to do it. We know we need to do um a goggle with that sort of technology and yeah. but we wanted to find C- a way it
1: comes from the snowboard
0: world, right? A Oakley? Bit. Like when Oakley came so. out with that. I, I think that's so. kinda where they got an idea. Yeah, I think so. Um so we knew we needed to elevate and innovate and, and have technology in that yep. um, that vein, of, if you will. And But we wanted to do it in a way that was different and solve some other problems. And then most importantly, we found creative ways to manufacture and develop and create the product to where it could be at the price point that it is, which yep. is $90 for the clear lens version, um, 100 for mirror and 120 for hyper. Um, that was a big part of the equation it was methodically thinking through how yeah. can we make this and throw everything we can throw at it technology wise but then produce it at a price mm-hmm. that can you know sell yeah. to consumers
1: yeah and I, I don't and i don't think it's um i mean yeah the money involved in R and D something like this, and I know from other end of mm-hmm.
0: products like it's big and the the, yeah. the number of versions you guys probably went through is oh. is long. Staggering. Yeah. Right. It's right. If you look look back to the first version that somebody rode with to what it ended up, it's like kind of yeah. how we got there. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um Yeah, and, and I think um I mean Cooper Web still wears the old version, but I think that this kind of goggle, and of course it's the curved lens, it's the injection molded lenses. Uh, this will be everywhere,
0: I think, uh, uh, with all the companies soon right. enough. Don't, yeah.
1: don't you agree? Like, this is where we're going.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. And it's, you know, I, we were talking earlier. I think it's it's a different consumer than our, if you will, core yeah. goggle business at 100%, yep. which is the, you know, Strata and the Curry and, and up to the Racecraft. I think the Air Omega is a. Um, different high-level consumer that's going to be pulled from other mm-hmm. brands for mm-hmm. in our sake yeah in our our instance um and i think that consumer has that made in his mind i need the yeah. you know injected polycarbonate yeah. molded yeah. lens and i, I need, need i
1: need what web and muscan are yeah riding which with. those guys yeah. will be wearing yeah. by the
0: time you know this comes out right and, um yeah and i think to your point those guys they want the latest and greatest they want that best product yep. they want that they they have to yep. have that they weren't already buying our strata goggle at 35 dollars no, or 25 dollars no. right it's yep. a different person so yep. um yeah i just think the the the
1: the safety of the lens mm-hmm. that that you know you guys have with that injection molded the 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 peripheral 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 yep. vision uh the field of vision uh the roll-offs when you come out with them mm-hmm. like that's all just what everyone racing is going to be wearing
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we have another cool little thing coming out with the Omega 2 is the perimeter tear offs, which um, has a, basically a strip of clear glue adhesive around the whole outside edge. Oh, tear okay. Yeah. So that um, that's what some of the riders will use. So it's, it's just going to keep. Misting. That's
1: what's going to keep in there? Yeah. So it yeah. sticks to the lens. Yeah. So yeah. it's
0: a seven stack of laminates. Um, the seventh one at the bottom basically stuck to the lens. Yep. And you can stack another seven stack, just the. I guess the eighth tear-off will stick to the yeah. seventh tear-off, right. um, but it creates a seal all the way from the lens oh, out yeah, yeah. to the outer yeah. tear-off because they're laminates, they're all laminated yep. together. Yep. So, um, And it'll stop the number one problem yeah. of laminates, which is water getting in yep. between so the laminates. Right, kind of, you get the full field of vision yep. like you would with a film system, right. or with a tear-offs, yep. but you get the, I guess, security, if you will, yeah. it's sealed off like a yeah. you know, film system. So um yeah really cool for you guys to do this and like i said i think this is the
1: way this is the way the future is going to go for 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 those guys and um so this has been
0: a big thing for you for the last year preparing for this yes a long time i on the you know marketing side and and planning ad buys and launch campaigns that i'm mark and his team are handling you know russ koza and those guys the creative side of that but yeah um sort of the the plan of we're going to you know, do interstitials on this side and website takeover on this yeah. side and yeah. kind of mapping that all out to where it all lands at the same time. And, you know, yeah. makes make sense. Yeah, dude, I and can't the, imagine. And the then uh, European launch and European yeah. debut and those yep. Rider all yeah. of that is, yeah, it's, there's a lot, right. a, lot. a lot goes into it. So, right. um, I'm happy that, you know, by the time this hits the air, that, you know, the yeah. word will be out and that, uh, you know, people will be using it and seeing it.
1: Right. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a I don't know. When we, is this when are we putting this out when it comes out? When are we when are we putting yeah, this out okay day? Oh, we are. Yeah. Okay, let's cool. do that. I, I yeah, I don't really know, but um, uh, you you That's tell the me. Plan. Well, yeah, because we can't launch it now because yeah. you told me we can't. Yep. Can I take a photo of it and put it, it on? Negative. Can I put it on social media negative. right now? I got an NDA in this bag right here. Oh, you so, do? Yeah. Oh, damn it. <laughs> um, no, it's exciting things from you guys for sure. Um, I I'm more interested. So okay. Uh, distributors, when do when do how does that work for? getting this goggle into how does that work for distribu- distribution as far as like hey guys they had to see it a long time ago right
0: yeah how does that work not as long as they should have oh okay um because we didn't want any leaks so um the top call it 10 distributors uh-huh. came out to our office um a couple months ago now and saw it um we told them that The quantities that we had allocated to them that we produced because at that point we had already started production Uh, yeah yeah Um, Yeah, you need to and you know basically here's when it's going to be delivered here's the that was very important that at the point when we showed them we had to have the marketing plan pretty well planned out like hey here's what we're going to do you're going to commit this huge number of inventory we can't just sit here and say hey trust us it's going to be cool (laughs) promise so we had to you know here's the plan behind it and here's where we're going to spend all this money to drive consumers into in this case tucker power sports or parts unlimited um dealerships and then globally too you know guys in australia or new zealand and all these different places um here's how we're going to educate consumers and uh, push consumers to to dealerships to buy products Boggles my mind, all that kind of stuff for sure. You know, yeah. and, and I'm
1: I'm involved a little bit with the X brand stuff still, and I still talk to Rich. And it's a much smaller company, I think, than hundred percent. But it's just uh yeah, oh, the planning, man. the the product planning, the R and D money, yeah. the versions of product that you get before you finally and then a coordinated launch
0: Yeah, which is, is... <laughs> hard to do because you're you're you know, you're you're somewhat guessing at at some point on Hey, we're planning to start production at this time. It's going to take this long in yeah. production. Then there's this long on the water to the U S yeah. versus this much on the water to this other country. And, right. um, in our case, once it gets here, there's a distributor in Wisconsin, it's got to get on a train and yeah. go over there. That's yeah. another seven day <laughs> yeah. whatever it is. So yeah. Yeah. you're, you have to make these ad commitments because brands are buying up these different ad spaces it's more on the digital side, right. um, so we kind of had to just chicken in the egg. Say, yeah, hey, yeah, here's the yeah, dates yeah. that are available. This is when this magazine comes out, and all these factors yep. come into play. We picked May 8th. Um, a lot of it based on kind of the the letdown after Supercross. Yeah, you know the Champions Crown, which it's a little off weekend. Uh, uh, yeah, um, little that's going to be Sunday, Monday ish, yep. Tuesday. So that right. Wednesday, um, hopefully, is a little uh, not so much noise in the space for for yep. media. So hopefully, we can get a lot of share of voice right. and people see what we're saying. And then. Makes sense because goggles for me, <clears throat> um, outdoors are the true testament of goggles. Supercross yeah. is pretty easy yeah. on equipment, yeah. Yeah. Um, so and having, you know this from being a racer, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So having the guy start using it at Hangtown is you know a better story than right. Anaheim. Anaheim, you have a lot of eyeballs, but it's really not gruellingly testing the product. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So.
1: Uh, what What do you know now that you wish Charles castle would have known when he was racing? <laughs> Because it that's sounds like one. you took it really seriously, like you read all the books did. and you had your program dialed in. You weren't some fly by the seat of your pants guy. You had this, and the other year that you weren't on Cowboys, you had the team, and you like you know yeah. you, you had your stuff dialed. Like you were more so than say uh, a Ray back in the before right. a Ray got on hip right. or whatever. You know,
0: yeah. You know, I that's a great question. I wish you would have lobbed this up to me before. Yeah, about, um, You know, I, to be completely honest, I probably would have told myself to have more fun and live in the moment a little bit more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as I'm telling you about the instance on the parade lap and things like yeah. that, like, yeah, that's the emotion happening inside of me, but I'm stone faced outside. I'm, yeah. you know, yeah. trying to pull that in and yeah. get myself and, and like get ready, I would, right. I would probably live in the moment a little bit more and realize, look, this isn't going to last. Yeah. You race supercross and motocross for a short amount of time. In my yeah. case, it was two or three years. Right. Um, I would take the time to remember more of it because it all kind of just blurs by yeah, I mean, yeah. like you're, you're staying in right. people's houses and you know, meeting people at local yeah, yeah. tracks and like all this stuff that yeah when you stop and think about it, you're like, yeah, that was crazy. Like, what, how did that even happen? How did we meet that person? How did we park there? And those details that you just yeah. at the time, you're just in the most, you're just worried yeah. about getting to the next place to stop, to I went, wash your bike and yeah. go run or whatever. I went to
1: Germany for four months to be a mechanic like, what, yeah. was, what the hell? Like, I was I was going to these German arena cross series and, like, wrenching. And, yeah. and, and I was going to do the GPs. And we went to Austria and went to Belgium on these tracks. And yeah. I was working at these tracks. I was just like, what? Yeah. I did that? Like, yeah. It doesn't <laughs> even
0: feel like it's you. What the hell was I doing? <clears throat> yeah, it's the same, man. Right. I, I guess if I would tell myself anything, it would be to kind of take it all in a little more. and yeah. Probably make notes of stuff, too. Like, <laughs> all the weird shit that make happens notes. on the road. And, like. Right. I guess now we're in such a digital age that everything's on Instagram. Yeah, right? Like yeah. you're but, videoing it, yeah. it. Back then you yeah. didn't have that. Yeah. So it was, you know, I don't I have very few pictures or things. Like, you know, on the getting the uh, the medic card in super. Like I have no. Yeah. Uh, my kid's going to be like, Dad, you're full of shit. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Because I have no t- history of that. There's no right, right, right. proof I did that. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah somehow I guess find a way to. I know,
1: Right take it all in a little more maybe yeah it's cool though it's a cool journey i mean you're from texas i'm from canada and you know here we are doing this little podcast about like how we got in this industry and we came from different ways and and it's crazy to think about yeah all of us getting together it's all because of racing and dirt
0: bikes and it is man and and it as i said earlier about my my son not racing it's hard to say because man it's brought so much opportunity and yeah it real world like grow up life stuff on the yeah. road by yourself yeah we got a flat we got to figure out how to fix this like right man this,
1: yeah I, I don't know. I, I, i'm a mechanic i'm like i a box fan hey i gotta get nitrogen for the shock i gotta get water for the gap for the box fan for the pressure washer And I by g- the way
0: you got to figure out where to get all that without googling it on your phone
1: oh yeah 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 <laughs> I'm driving around like and i got yeah it's crazy where am i sleeping tonight what yeah. am i doing like all of that right yeah. you just it's crazy man yeah. um and now and now you know it's funny to me, to look at like yourself or Parabinos or John Knowles or or myself, and now we're like older and we're like <laughs> in these responsible positions. Yeah, yeah. we're like grown adults. <laughs> yeah, I have. I, have kids I remember. That... I remember Paul when he just wrote at fairies, and I was just like, "Hey, who's this guy? <laughs> yeah, who's this kid? Yeah, who's this kid? You know, he, yeah."
0: Getting all aggro about and <laughs> why is he angry? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh,
1: fantastic! Uh, well, hey man, good luck with the new g- goggle. Thank you. Uh, the Armega is out now and is big deal for you guys, a hundred percent. So, uh, and uh, really cool to hear your story. Like I like I, 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 I to- like I told you, um, whether it's uh, uh, Paul Feed or Rich Taylor or yourself or Valade or mm. everyone's got a story on how they got here, right? Yeah. how they got into the industry, and it's always interesting. Yeah. Never no. a little. we but I all get, the same. We're all failed racers, maybe at some point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most of that's us. That's a common denominator. Not, not, not uh, Jack and Coke. Jake Weimer.
0: No, no, but, he's but, different. But
1: most of us are just failed racers. RT
0: wasn't really a failed racer. No, I guess he good. wasn't. Yeah, but yeah, right. yeah, it's all relative. Right, right.
1: Uh, Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Thanks, Chuck, for doing us. I appreciate it, and uh, uh, we'll see you at the races, man. Right, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends, such as... The bad boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storberg is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart... It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The Dogger, Ron Machine.